0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Secrets of Marketers podcast, the only podcast you can rely on to give you real, raw, unfiltered marketing advice covering the latest tips, tricks, and tools that millionaire marketers use to make money online. I am your host, Jeremy Blossom. Sit back, relax, and let's start discovering the true secrets of marketers. Hey everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Secrets of Marketers podcast. This is your host, Jeremy Blossom, and I am with the famous Neil Patel. Welcome to the show, Neil. Uh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's an honor. So what have you been up to, Neil? Um, I know that you've got a lot going on uh, in your
1: world. So first of all, thank you so much for your time. But what's been happening? What are you working on? I have an ad agency called Neil Patel Digital, where we're helping people grow. So I've been spending a lot of time on that. And uh, I have a free marketing tool out there called Uber Suggest, which helps people get more SEO traffic, higher rankings on Google, helps them with their social media, content marketing, all for free. In other words, you put in a keyword, gives you more ideas, or you put in a URL, and it tells you what to fix and change to get more traffic, again, all for free. No paid plans, 100% free.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Uber Suggest, right? Yep. All right. I'll have to definitely check that out. I'm a huge fan of yours. I listen to your podcast and I've um, pretty much, if you're on it, I try to take a listen to it because you have a wealth of information. Um, And that's one of the first questions I had for you is, I mean, where do you get all this from? Uber suggests, I mean, you have so many things that you've got working on. Where do you get inspired to, you know, for these ideas or for these businesses, um, all the stuff that you're doing, where's that coming from?
1: Uh, feedback. I talk to so many people in the industry. I get feedback from them, try to learn from them. And that's how I make a lot of my moves and decisions.
0: It's just from other people working with their, with their businesses, what type of businesses, I mean, you've worked with some of the biggest brands still actually work with Neil Patel digital. You guys work with some of the largest brands in the world. And I know that you also work with startups and small businesses for you personally, what are some of the favorite, Things, what
1: problems to solve and for what types of businesses. Yeah. So there's not necessarily one specific problem that I try to solve or I enjoy solving. It's more so I love solving hard problems. And what I mean by this is someone being like, I got a business. My competitors are crushing me. Our traffic's down. We need to figure out how to not recuperate our traffic, but two, three exit or else, uh, our stock price is going to get hit or we're not going to be a business or whatever it may be, right? I'm making it up. But that's the kind of, those are the kind of problems that I love solving because they're hard. Especially no. if someone's like, I can't make the changes that you want in time. I can't get X, Y, and Z done. I like thinking outside of the box and solving these problems because I do believe it is possible.
0: Yeah, that's what I see you doing time and time again. Um, One of my favorite quotes when I talk with our clients is they come to me and they're like, I want to be the Neil Patel in my space. They want to be the Neil Patel in their space. And so what do you think that your single biggest part of your success has come from? I mean, you have gone from a guy working at an amusement park um, here at Knott's Berry Farm, which is like 20 minutes from our office, um, to now being the, I mean, Wall Street Journal called you one of the top 10 digital influencers in the world. Um, You're at the top of your game. Why you, why have you consistently grown and continue to build momentum and are, are sought after? What do you think some of your secrets are?
1: Um, I don't know if I'm continually sought after or anything like that. (laughs) I look at it more so as I'm relentless. I keep pushing forward. I try to give value. I try to give more value than other people and I try not to ask for money. Um, and when you do that consistently, not over a year or two years or five years, but I've been doing this for 17 years now. It adds up.
0: Wow. What would you say so far in the things that you've done?
1: Are you the most proud of or look at to be the most successful? I'm the most part of Uber Suggests, I took a lot of the tools like HRFs, SEM Rush, released a lot of their features for free, 100% free, no credit card, no freemium, just straight up free, unlimited usage. And yeah. that was probably one of the hardest things I had to do. It's also one of the most expensive things I'm doing, sadly. I was
0: just about to say, I was going to say, that sounds really, really expensive. And again, just for that, because you, you're trying to deposit more than what you would draw, right? As far as a value perspective goes. Correct. Yeah, so okay, so let's talk about scaling. That's something that you're infamous for. You're really, really good at at taking a company like you mentioned, who's on the brink of maybe going out of business, or needs a dramatic overhaul, and you can come in and you can drive just an immense amount of traffic, really high quality premium traffic that gives them that pop. I know this is a really loaded, big, wide question, but what are some of the things that you like to do if you come in? Are there like standard protocol, Neil Patel, go to tactics or strategies You're like, OK, this is what's the first thing I look at? What's the second thing I look at to go and help drive this massive scale or give somebody that injection of of, of traffic?
1: There it isn't. I look at low hanging fruits. So I look at everything they've done what I think is going to move the needle based on my experience and then what is going to be the easiest to implement out of all those things that will move the needle the most. But sadly, it is all custom to every single business. The web is competitive. You know, you look at Facebook, they grew through one channel. Your friend invited you to join Facebook. You look at Dropbox, uh, social media shared to get more space. You know, companies were built on social or SEO or email marketing and just one channel that no longer exists. Now you take an omni channel approach. So, for every business, it's going to be different because what have they already been doing? Where's the biggest opportunity?
0: Yeah, and where do you see this? It's halfway through 2019. There's been a a tremendous amount of change. You've got Instagram now allowing uh, premium brands to shop right off of Instagram. I mean, there's a lot of uh, exciting things happening. Are you noticing something? Are you telling your team, guys, this is the future? Let's go all in in this specific media channel or tactic or strategy?
1: No, I I, I don't think one channel is the future. Um, I think it's going to be all of them, and you got to do them all really well. Uh, and with the team, it's more so fine tuning, Hey guys or gals, let's get better at this. Let's get better at that. Let's figure out how to merge them all together. So that way they seamlessly work together, uh, and doing all those kind of things and doing them well at mass scale, that's what will help you succeed.
0: I love it. Do you think that small businesses, and I actually completely agree, by the way, on that channel. So I don't think that no longer can someone just thrive off of one specific medium. You've got to really open it up. Um, And the more you can do that, I I tell people, you got to start looking at the entire customer journey. And so what's the entire customer journey look like? And that will immediately take you off of that one channel because you have to go to even phone calls and having a sales floor. Um, You know, I was reading your bio again, uh, to refresh for the show. And on there, you were selling uh, Kirby vacuums as one of the things that you've done in your past. Um, So I have a a past life of sales experience as well. How much and I'm always curious, because I believe that the best marketers are the guys with sales experience, in my opinion, they just every one of them have some type, how much do you think that selling vacuum cleaners um, helps shape who you are and what you're doing now as
1: a marketer? it helped a lot, you know, going door to door in the heat in Southern California, it's technically not that bad, like Austin or some of the other places Um, and convincing people to buy a vacuum from you. It's not easy commission only. Um, And I liked it. You know, you just go out there, you hustle, you do whatever it takes. You learn that a no just means a not right now. You got to figure out how to get in and um, it's challenging. I like it. I think Anyone in marketing needs to try sales as well, because I do believe it makes you a better marketer. Because you've got to use words, right? In sales, it is words and finesse. That's uh, right. It's a very powerful thing in marketing as well that people take for granted.
0: I think that the no is probably one of the uh, most valuable tools a marketer can use. Because a no, uh, like you said, is a not right now, but it also means that whatever you said using words, if you're doing door-to-door vacuum sales cleaning, which is so hard to do, um, or you're, you're sending out a, a an email blast, or if you're putting out a Facebook ad, you know, we're getting as marketers, I tell my wife this, I tell my friends this, when they ask me what's it like, I go, well, it's like being told 97% of your life, right? Everything you try to do is a no, someone passing, scrolling by is a no, someone um, not clicking on your ad that you thought was so perfect you're like this is it i came up with the best headline ever it's going to be crazy or even like you you're going on a limb with uber suggests and you put a lot of time and energy into this and when you do that we are going against the 90s even though it's free even though it's this amazing absolute best of the best no one else is doing it in the entire world some people still can't get that value proposition. And so I, I personally love the no, and I use the power of no to figure out how can I make our case stronger?
1: How can we make our value proposition or angle stronger? Exactly. You got it right. And I think if you do all of that, eventually you'll turn more of those no's into yeses But you can learn from. Most people take a no as rejection, and they just move on instead of learning how you can do something differently the next time to convince someone to say yes. That's right. So with you, when it comes to your specific businesses that you own, are you
0: really putting a heavy emphasis on automation? Are you looking at specific things that you like to do when you are scaling the internal business side? Because I think this is so unique. You're a great marketer, obviously, no one's gonna argue that. Uh, when it comes to business, you've scaled, I mean, your, your your name keeps coming up and you have really innovative ideas. When you are in this and you've got so many things going on, is automation your key? Is it people is your key? Is it automation and people? What are the keys to, to launching these things? And then you'd be able to step away, come on to shows like this and continue to be a thought leader in our space. How are you doing that?
1: Yeah, um, not necessarily automation as much as I would like. It's mm-hmm. more so really good people, good team members, good executives. Without the team, the company wouldn't be here. It doesn't matter if it's my name on the door. It's the team creating processes, checks and balances. We do try to automate things that we can, when we can, um, but it is the people. It's not even me. You know, As much as I teach people different things in our company, they teach me a lot as well.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's a hallmark of a good person or a good team is when you're actually learning from them just as much as they're learning from you on a day-to-day basis. Um, Structuring a value proposition, going back to some some tactical things. What I like to do on this show is give people actionable things that they can take away and try to use immediately in their business. And so I think one of the things you're an absolute master of is... Creating that value proposition, and you do that predominantly through amazing content, helping produce content and position content. You could either use Uber Suggest or uh, a business, or come up with some some fictitious example. But what is your thought process around that value proposition, um, unique selling proposition, and really articulating that out there for uh, for the markets?
1: Yeah. So um, the way I look at it, when you're trying to craft things. And you're trying to get your unique you know, value proposition, whatever it may be. Everyone believes like, this is it. I'm going to do a brainstorm internally, get it out, and we're going to crush it. The reality is, is what you think works may not work. And by talking to people, your potential customers, you're going to have a better idea. But more so, thinking things as experiments and tests. So what we Mm -hmm. like doing is brainstorm. Take your three, four, five, six best ideas, test them. Whatever resonates and makes you the most money, that's the direction you should end up going. And the stuff that doesn't work, you push it off to the side and you keep pushing forward and testing and iterating the stuff that is working.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. I love that. So uh, it was going to be one of my questions, but you just answered it for me. So you're definitely a minimal viable product guy. Come up with something that's a minimal viable product to something, test it, get some feedback, get, get uh, you know, the users to tell you if they like it, what you should change. It sounds like Uber suggests has been the culmination of, of a lifetime of you doing this, of putting out products and using products and getting people's feedback. And then you go and you reiterate and you build and you reiterate and you build and you, build and you test over and over and over again,
1: so do you like that process. I love that process. I think it's the best way to go. Um, it is a lot of work, but in the long run, I do believe that is how you succeed. It's just continually testing, adapting, pivoting. Uh, and without that, you just won't do as well in the long run because what works now may not work in the future. And I'll give you a great example of this. So we used to do a lot of stuff with sign-in with Google. You know, like you can log in with yeah. Google use their authentication system, and it would boost conversion rates. And everyone's like, yeah, why well, would anyone want to put in a name, email, password all over again where they can click button? Same with logging with Facebook, et cetera. But what's one thing that's going on in the world that everyone's afraid of? Privacy these days. Privacy, yeah. And we found that having logging with Google, logging with Facebook, enforcing it scares people, and you actually mm. get less signups.
0: Wow. Yeah, genius. Yeah, exactly right. Following that trend and figuring that out and now making your process a little bit different, unlike everybody else.
1: Correct. But three, four years ago, we would get huge lifts and conversions from that. Now we get a decrease. Now we still offer that, but we typically do a bit of both. Put in your information separately or log in with Google.
0: I like to, to help our listeners like see through certain, certain things. So uh, with just talking with you, a couple of things that you've mentioned that people just kind of like, oh, they glossed over or they might not fully understand. So whatever you've got, a you've got, you're have a CMO of a publicly traded company, or you are sitting in your, your kitchen dining room table and you're coming up with your business plan. The things that really successful marketers do, like Neil just mentioned, is that they look through, they come up with a minimal viable idea of something, and then they test it. And they let the market give them the data. This last example that Neil just gave, which I loved, was so good because you looked at the data and you wouldn't have known to make that change, Neil, unless you were tracking it, unless you were saying, hey, this is important to me. This is a KPI that we have to know because that KPI, guys, is, goes into Neil's cost per acquisition. And so that's the lever that he's trying to pull there. If he is getting more friction at a certain point in the process then he needs to lower that friction and he made the change. So many marketers out there don't have KPIs set up for their, fun- for their funnels, for their business, for their customer acquisition process. And so if you're not tracking this, you're not saying that this is important or what levers are affecting your costs, then you're missing huge opportunities. And this is how Neil's able to spend his money smarter than everybody else that's out there because he's watching this and he's not going to spend good money after bad ideas. I'd just like to
1: go, yeah, go ahead. And and the other thing, too, is when you have your tests, you have your KPIs, and you find things that work, you need to retest them every single year. Market conditions change. Sometimes things stop working and they're out of your control. So don't assume that once something works, it's not a uh, set-it-and-forget-it mentality in marketing.
0: Yeah, perfect. This is a great segue into mistakes. So we all have them. Um, you can either talk about mistakes that some of your clients have made, some personal mistakes that you've made. But when it comes to marketing, does any big mistakes that you along your career stand out to you that were really good lessons?
1: Yeah, um, I didn't focus. Uh, you know, everyone talks about focusing in entrepreneurship, how you should focus on one business. The same goes in marketing. When you find one channel that's working, focus on scaling it as quick as possible Double down, triple down, and then expand into other channels as quick as possible. But focus on the ones that are working first and gobble up as much market share as you can before you go too crazy and you try doing 10 different things at once. And we see that right now. Everyone's like, oh, Instagram this, Facebook this, Twitter this, Snapchat this. You know, when's it going to end? Yes, you need to take an omni-channel approach, but you can't do 20 different channels at once. I don't care if you're Coca-Cola. You still have marketing budgets. Things move slow. So pick the ones that have the highest probability of working, double down on them, grow them, scale them once you do, and they start planning out, then expand into the other channels.
0: A hundred percent. I... Um... I've absolutely done that myself. I've been caught doing that. Um, we call it the shiny object syndrome, where you get yep. excited about something. I mean, there is a part of all of us our, on, you know, as an entrepreneur, we are always looking for something right out the corner of our eye if something that we see as an opportunity. So sometimes we can take our, you know, completely take our eye off the ball. And when we, when we do that, what that inevitably ends up happening is that everything costs more. So the more things that you're doing, the more time you're divesting yourself, the less energy and less impact you can make on the things that are really working. And in the beginning, that's the worst mistake that you could possibly do. You really need to find out what's working and then drive that thing home so you can overcome. There's like these Growth barriers um, and in my life personally it 's been like almost in lockstep with the personal growth that I go through, so the more personal growth that I experience, whether that 's like an aha moment or it 's shedding uh, you know shame or guilt or whatever it is that i 'm actually processing, then my, my business life succeeds because I become more open minded and there 's like this thing, and so we have to put our energy towards that over and over and over again for you, Neil, what are the things? personally that inspire you how do you stay you know focused what are you doing is there like people that you hang out with books that you read you know what what can people learn about you and how you do this
1: yeah i I surround myself with other like-minded entrepreneurs you know everyone talks about masterminds and all this kind of stuff and i'm not saying they're bad i just like being around people like that 24 7 so if you want to do well you know be around people who are positive, who are already doing well. It doesn't have to be in your same sector. People who can continually help you out. People that you can also reciprocate and help them out. And you'll find as a group together, you guys will grow. Love it. Do you hang out with more marketers or entrepreneurs? Most of them
0: are entrepreneurs by far. Yeah, from on your circle of influence. And do you ever run into speaking with other entrepreneurs and having the friendship there? Do you ever feel like... Um, I, I I at least experience this sometimes, is that um, not everybody, very rarely will you have somebody pretend to be a doctor, but a lot of people will pretend that they know a thing or two about marketing, um, and it's just that weird thing. Um, with your entrepreneurial friends that you guys are hanging out with, do they outsource to companies like yours, agencies like yours, when they'd have a problem or do they try to all do it on their, on their own and just try to, you know, the successful ones, or do they just try to, you know, I'm going to do this. I can figure this out. Marketing is not that hard. What's your
1: experience there? bit of both. I've seen it both ways. Some of them tried doing it in-house, some of them elsewhere. Some of them even do a bit of both. Um, the thing that is in common though, they all want to scale as super as fast as possible and in the most efficient way. Time is money.
0: Yeah. You're a hundred percent right. I, I was, um, from my experience, it's been that they do try to do both and then they realize the cost and the pain and the frustration and then they end up um, uh, finding amazing guys like you and your team that's out there. Um, okay, so the last question I have for you is where do you think that if you are a brand new, you know, just now launching a business and you're going to put most of your time in, in, the, in the scheme of marketing, okay, uh, in today's environment, you can either pick a specific niche or go broad, but where do you think everybody should be spending their time and energy right now
1: i think everyone should be spending their time and energy into conversion rate optimization so technically if you're launching a new business not so much if you have established one you should if you're launching a new business and i had to pick one thing to do is um figure out paid advertising as quick as possible see seo is great i love it content marketing social media i love them all the one thing that is consistent is paid ads can end up driving traffic and give you instant gratification. Now, I know you asked for one thing, but I'm going to give you two. Is One, I would figure out the paid advertising um, formula because it's different for every business. Yep. And the key to figuring it out is your funnel. So it used to be you can just go, drive them to a landing page, collect a lead or sell a product. But now paid ads are expensive. So you got to figure out upsells, downsells, how to fine-tune your funnel so that way the ROI works out. Um, Companies like GetResponse have funnel creation built in. ClickFunnels is also another tool. Uh, You can use all these kind of things to optimize and get your numbers going. So then that way, you can end up doing the paid ads and scaling uh, while your competition may not be able to keep up due to the fact that they don't have a funnel and they're just like, buy my product and that's it. And there's no upsells, downsells, cross-sells or any of that.
0: Oh, words of wisdom right there you 're one hundred percent correct it 's very easy to spot a business on um, and, and what their growth trajectory looks like based off of how well they know their paid acquisition numbers or how well sure. that they 're trying to experiment with that there 's a huge differentiator between the the person and there 's nothing wrong with a referral based business and nothing wrong with like you know, oh, hey, telling your friends and family and, and, and you know having instagram live videos and, and that 's all really really good but yeah. If you're a business that wants to scale, if you're a business that wants to have un- potentially unlimited growth, understanding conversion rate optimization through paid acquisition using funnels is by far the number one differentiator between small businesses and businesses that have unlimited potential. So well, well said, Neil.
1: Cool. Well, thank you very much for everything. Um, uh... Oh, actually, you could have more questions. I assume that was the last one you said
0: that, like, I did have the. I did have the last one. No, that wasn't it. it. I, I could talk to you. Honestly, I'm a huge, huge fan of yours, Neil. This is an honor to actually have you on my show. I've been following you for years. Um, I uh, had a chance to talk to some of your teammates. They are top notch. They are like a, a really, a really yeah, they've been great. So that was the first indication of it. I was actually really surprised about how responsive you were at 9, nine o'clock at night. I think it was uh, – I sent an email, and, like, you responded back, like, instantly. And I was like, how does this guy do this? You don't have any kids, right? Or you don't have a wife? and kids?
1: Oh, you do? What? So, like, it's hilarious because we're doing this interview. I'm trying to cover my mouth when I'm yawning. And I feel bad because I don't want people to think it's boring or anything. But when you have a kid and I have a newborn – and she oh. wakes up. Your, your sleep is sporadic, right? So you only sleep a few hours here and there. And I'm like, God, oh, I, I felt really bad. I'm like, crap, I'm yawning. And I'm not oh. yawning because this is boring or anything. It's just,
0: you know. Oh, man, you don't have to know. Not at all. First of all, I can relate. I'm a father of two, but my kids are eight and four. So um, how old is your, your daughter? Uh,
1: roughly six weeks.
0: Oh my god, oh, man. And you can't I feel like the luckiest guy in the world. You would come on my show six weeks at yeah, nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah, bro, you, you're not gonna see sleep for another three months. <laughs> yeah,
1: I know. It was hilarious because I, I woke up I, I used to normally wake up at five AM, naturally, no alarm every single day. And then with a kid now I wake up around <laughs> seven, eight o'clock because you know? I don't get sleep anymore, right? It's it's more sporadic. But um I enjoy it though, like I was up today at six something, and uh, I held my daughter, and I walked Mm -hmm. around with her for 20, 30 minutes until she would fall back asleep, you know? It's like, it's a beautiful thing, at least for me it is, so. It
0: is for me, too. This is your first? This is my first. So, I'll never, I wrote uh, an essay to myself when my daughter was three weeks old, uh, because I feel... Like, you know, in your, you, when you grow up and then you become an adult and you're in your twenties, um, every world, the world is about you, you know, twenties and thirties, everything is about you. You can do whatever you want. And you just have this like kind of perspective about how things operate and how things should be. And then when you have a, a, a your child, your baby, and you look at her in the eyes, um, the entire world just does a 180 and the entire perspective just completely changes. And, um, so yeah, from one father to another, I, I, I absolutely can relate with where you're at. And so at 6am it's, it's the hardest thing you'll probably ever do being a parent, I think, because of how much how selfless and just how much energy and time, but there's by far nothing. I mean, there's no ROI better uh, then the love that you feel back, even from a six week old, you're like, how do I, how is this even happening? What is she yeah. doing? I'm, I'm like obsessed.
1: Yeah. It, it, it's a great feeling, but yeah, I spend a lot of time at home with the family at this point. So.
0: ah, uh, that's good, man. That, that actually is really good. And you're doing so many things. Um, so maybe the next thing that you can put out is a productivity hack uh, of some sort, man, get up there with uh, the other great guys out there, putting out that content, especially from one marketer to another. I feel like I've got, a kajillion things happening at all times. Yeah. Uh, so it's hard for me to, to, to reel it back in. But um, Neil, I'd like for everybody just uh, to figure out how to, if they want to work, if they're, if they're a small business out there, if they're a huge brand, um, if they want education, what is the best way for them to hire Neil Patel Digital or to use Uber Suggest? How How can they get in contact with you?
1: Sure. If you want to hire us, check out neilpateldigital.com. Um, and if you want to learn more, want to check out Uber Suggests or any of that, you can find all that stuff on neilpatel.com. Everything is free. Awesome, man.
0: Well, um, I will let you go back to hanging out with your daughter. Even though I would love to talk to you for for hours on end, but I'm looking forward to seeing you in Vegas in person um, in a few months. And Neil, uh, thank you so much for being on the show with me.
1: Oh, thanks for having me. All right, man. take care.
0: That concludes another episode of the Secrets of Marketers podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you're looking for even more content, more ideas, more things that you can do today to help grow your business, then head on over to my Instagram page at Secrets of Marketers. I've got a bunch of content on there and we're giving you guys access to all the behind the scenes stuff that go into making these episodes happen as well as even more content that you can start to apply to your business today. And if you guys like this show, then help me spread the word go to the podcast page on itunes and leave me a review it's how i can rank well and how other people can find me so go for it thanks for making my dreams come true now go make yours come true thanks again